You're listening to Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technologically advanced silhouette decoy on the market. First Light, the best hunting gear on the planet. Go farther, stay longer. And Ducklander Calls, tradition, education, and quality. Built to hunt. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Union 0430. This is episode 149, man. Um, We got Matthew Hicks coming to us from Ohio. You know what, Matthew? I got to tell you, dude, um, in the last year, we've had more people from Ohio on this show. (laughs) But so and and it's just ignorance on my part uh being this dumb canadian and not realizing uh the geography but i didn't realize that ohio was such a waterfowl state until you know like after talking to the people that we've talked to so we'll get in we'll get into that um i i had to get that out but everybody welcome matthew hicks listen i know you know who he is um because um last limit calls he's uh one of the one of the owners of that and his photography is what really grabbed me um and actually it was by fluke that i found out that you uh were part owner in last limit calls because i knew you for your uh photography more than anything um so matthew buddy what's that sorry last flight calls last what did i say last limit (laughs) oh last limit i'm sorry man i'm sorry last (laughs) last flight calls I'm That's sorry. Um, thanks, man, for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Glad to be here. That's uh, so. Yeah. So what I was getting into. So like, um, I don't know if you know these guys, but like, uh, Craig Mintz with Real Geese Decoys. He's in Ohio, yeah. and then yeah. uh, Brian Ellathorpe. Uh, I don't know if you know him. Yeah. He's sort of yeah. He's in Ohio. We had a we had a company. Uh, oh, I love that Trump flag in the back. <laughs> um real geese oh wicked real geese. oh yeah real geese oh. there you go yeah got it we like um, real geese <laughs> yeah i'm a big fan too but then um you know brian ellathorpe who does some photography and then we had yep. um a company uh mr lochner come to us um i think he's in i think he's in columbus but i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure but quack attack gloves um i don't know if you've heard about those guys uh, I don't think I have. Man, I'm going to tell you, they sent us each a pair of gloves for us to try uh, late season oh. last year. So it would have been around December uh, mm-hmm. last year on the Great Lakes here in Lake Ontario. And, dude, I'm going to tell you, these gloves are, are legit. Like, they're legit. Yeah, I'll get you their information uh, once, we're done, uh, once we're done the show. But anyways... Um, Again, man, thanks for coming on. Like I said, I've been a big fan. I've been following your photography for, for quite a while. Um, so it it's pretty cool. It, I I tell people all the time. Um, you know, people will say to me like, "Man, you know, the show is doing good," and and you got, and I'm like, "Yeah, the show show's doing good." But what blows my mind is when I reach out to people, much like yourself, Matt, and and I say, "Hey, listen, would you like to come on the show?" And you're like, "Yeah." Absolutely. I'd love to come on. And it just blows my mind that people want to come on and just shoot the shit, you know, and, and chat. Yeah. I don't get asked very often. So, 
Well, <laughs> the the funny part was, and and for anybody that's that's uh, listening, when I when I sent Matt the the message to ask him to come on, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, man, uh, I'll come on for sure." And and I was like, I appreciate it. I know you're getting asked all the time and, and stuff like that. And you're like, actually, no, I don't get asked. If anything, people just ask me for my secrets. So I promised <laughs> I wouldn't I, I promised I wouldn't ask for your secrets. So uh, so here we are, dude. Yeah, really. Yeah, I don't get uh, many invites to the podcast, but uh seems like a lot of the messages are just, hey, how how are you doing that? Or how are you doing this? And really, it's just it, just time in the field figuring yeah. it out you know i've taken a lot of pictures that turn out to nothing um you know you, you gotta like i tell people all the time like on my instagram there's a little over 700 pictures that i've posted mm-hmm. and, but i've taken upwards of seventy thousand photos right think about how much how much is as a keeper basically and is going out there to the public not very many yeah, that's right. Well, one of our buddies that comes on the show, Phil, um, he's somewhat of an amateur photographer as well. And uh, yeah. he's been, he's been with us and he said, you know, in a day he's taken like 200 pictures and there'd be like three that he's happy with. Right. It's you truly know? like a hit rate, basically. Yeah. For good, 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 really good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to ask you this, Matt, like, with you're seeing or i'm seeing and maybe it's just because i'm just really noticing it now but you would know but the photography side of the waterfowl hunter it seems to be growing more and more every day now and it seems like at least to me that the photography is more about the adventure now as opposed to the pile pics like you're not seeing those pile pics anymore now you're right. seeing you're seeing pictures of of you know fellows or ladies that are just in the field or with this amazing backdrop or, or whatever right it's more about the adventure than it is the pile pics would you agree yeah i think as just as time has went on in the digital age world you know what i mean the last yep. especially just i just think the taste of what people are want to see has changed some and you know you what's a pile pick? You can only look at so many. It's the same thing. Right. That's and, right. Um, you know, and there's so much more to the story than the, the last bit right at the end when you line them all up, you know what I mean? That's right. I mean, two, three hours that morning doing other things, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I like to capture that, you know, for me, I just like to share it with others of, right. um, for, you know, for one, I like to do it and, I just like bringing it back and then putting it out there and showing others like the beauty of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you're seeing. Like you're seeing like, and and I keep bringing it up because, and, and no disrespect to to your photos, yeah. but um, like I keep seeing these amazing pictures that apex ammunition puts out like these, like yeah. it's amazing. And there's, uh, well, once turkey se- when turkey season was on, like you'd see the odd picture of a turkey, but normally it's just just a dude with his gun with an amazing backdrop, and you know, like you just that old saying, right? A picture is worth a thousand words. But like you can look at those pictures and you're just wondering, like, 
what brought him to that point? Like how much work was involved to get to where that picture was, where that, where and when that picture was taken. And it just, it blows my mind really, because I'd never ever considered myself as uh, somebody that would, would take notice of that. Cause I, I'm, I'm a bit dumb. I'm a big dumb dude. Um, so I never, ever thought that, that I would think like that. And, and now I find myself, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures and it's just, there's so much more that I'm wondering when I look at the picture. Yeah. I actually got to work with apex last year. Um, okay. Sent them, you know, they sent me products and stuff to take pictures of, sent them some pictures. Um, so some of my pictures are on there. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like one of my things was with, with the photography too, is like, like you said, what's it, what did it take to even get to that point? Yeah. But also, I want people to be like, dude, I wish I was there. Oh, that yeah. Picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Dude, just ice covered and waves are crashing. Just something that's just like, dude, like that's, that's pretty awesome. I wish I was there for that. Well, <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. And where you're located, like I'm, I'm, you're on Lake Erie, right? No, it... we are um, West Central Ohio. So, okay middle of the state um and then about 15 minutes from indiana oh okay 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 again <laughs> my geography is coming uh my geography yeah. knowledge is starting to show its case but even still like where you're located um within the flyway and when you start getting into that late season hunting like that yeah. that's what you're talking about like you're in prime prime real estate to be capturing those moments where and let's face it like duck and goose hunting isn't sunshine and rainbows and and all of that stuff right and you're you're in a prime location to be getting those those shots and and creating those stories of you know just icicles from your beard and 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 sideways rain that kind of thing right i think a lot of places have hidden beauties like you know when we go down to a creek and in the middle of winter it's just peaceful and beautiful down there and you might shoot one greenhead but there's so much you can do photography wise with all of that you know it's funny like well last year wasn't a very good year right. as far as like having birds it just the migration just wasn't there like it was say the previous year mm-hmm. previous before that was great um mm-hmm. but it's funny like i'll post pictures up we'll shoot one bird i'll post pictures up of the dog or a yep. dude carrying um, and they're like, oh, dude, you're always just always killing the birds. And, oh, it just looks awesome, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, did we kill one bird today? <laughs> yeah, doing you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I get you. But people, the pictures just, they're like, I wish I was there. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and that but, goes, you know, and that, that tells, you know, it, it plays on what we were talking about as though the picture, there's more to the story, right? So you see a dude with one bird. Yeah. And and you know the 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 imagination of the of the person that's looking at that picture they're just imagining so much more, right? Oh yeah, the wheels just start turning and it can go whatever direction the person wants to go with it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I never 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 thought I'd be having these conversations, buddy, uh to be honest with you. Um yeah. like like I said, an army guy um not known for uh 
being in touch with my feelings or anything like that. So uh, this is pretty good. So, but, uh, you know, sort of photography stuff aside, so so that's really, really um, successful on your part. And and listen, buddy, like you, you really do some amazing stuff. And like I said, I've been a fan for a while. Um, yeah. But then, you know, the last flight calls as well. You know, like how how is that going? Like we sort of kind of got into it a little bit before we touch before we hit the record button, but you know, um, the calling industry in North America, and, and that's I don't know if it happens anywhere outside of North America. Excuse me, but yeah. you know, it seems like there there's there's so much on the market right now, or I shouldn't say there's so much, that's the wrong way to say it. There's so much variety on the market right now for, for people to be able to find what works for them, because that's the most important thing when it comes to a call, right? Like it's what works for you is what you can make sound the best. Right. So I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, when you guys decided, what was there a conversation when you guys, when you and Zach were talking and, and saying, you know what, do we want to start this? There's, is there already too much calls on the market? You know, did you have that conversation? And then if you did, why did you just, you know, take the leap and go for it anyways? Uh, we did not have that conversation. <laughs> well, not, like, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but, yeah, fair. So this started December 2017, basically, is when this started, and just hand-turning for a couple years. Okay. Uh, so we really, I mean, we were selling uh, 300 calls a year, basically, hand-turning like that. So we didn't we didn't really have a grasp of, like, what the market even is. You're mm-hmm. only selling three, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's like everything we made sold, so we just... Um, took it the next step, got some CNCs and been doing that since. But yeah, we didn't really have, you know, it is a flooded market. Um, anybody can go buy a $200, you know, lathe and start making calls. I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's not difficult, but like anybody, it's just very little startup. Anybody can just go do it. Right. And with social media too, everyone has a place to advertise and have a voice basically mm-hmm. and, um you know 20 years ago you know ever you know there's just like when you sit and think of call makers now you can probably rattle off 20 30 40 different people yep ago how many was it half dozen half dozen yeah that were well known yeah well known and it's just because people didn't know you know like they didn't have a voice in a place to do all this you know what i mean yep um and it costs a lot of money back then to have a voice you know you got to go make a dvd and spend all this time and money doing that versus me taking my iphone that i'm already going to have on me and pay for already whether i'm I'm making calls or not i go post up a video of me making a call and now two people want to call and i go do it again and now three people want to call you know what i'm saying whereas you know before 20 years ago it was I mean, you know how it was, the DVDs and yeah, <laughs> I could, it, you yeah. know, Wildfowl so. magazine. That was it, right? Magazines are big, and then like you had to go buy DVDs at Cabela's and <laughs> go watch this, go watch this movie on these guys hunting, and that was it, you know. Yeah, that's right. 
Then you just get on YouTube, watch it all day long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very good point, you know, and something that's never been brought, like we've talked about this sort of thing a number of times on the show, but we've never once, I don't think, talked about, you know, the progression and, and how easy it was or how easy it is for someone that's interested in getting into the column game how easy it is to to get started and and to be able to promote your promote your call promote your brand and listen yeah. um i know you said and i said it too that like the mark there's a lot of call makers out there right like we just seen uh john stevens down in stuttgart just do call a palooza we just you know there's there's always uh, a call nwtf which is huge and and there's so much on the go right now and and one could argue, well, the market is flooded. Well, the market's flooded, but people are still turning calls and they're still putting them out when people are still buying them because there's now, now you have collectors. Now you have the one, one time a week hunters that because, because of work and, and family, they can't get out as much as you want. Then you got the diehards and there's so many demographics within the, the calling world right now that there's something for everybody out there and, and, and that got a lot to do with with the explosion and in, in number of call makers. Plus, I do think um, because my business partner Dave, who's working today, he couldn't come on. But there's some therapeutic value in turning turning wood too, right? Like it, yeah. it's a relaxing thing, and and even if you don't make any money, it's good for your mental health and it's good for the soul to be at working with your hands and smelling sawdust. Yeah. As far as the market, I think the only thing different nowadays than, um, say, a new guy starting out now versus uh, 30 years ago mm -hmm. is just you won't ever, in my opinion, you won't ever see a Zinc or an R&T or a company that big in the call world again because, mm -hmm. um, like, it's just too spread out. Yep. Uh, all the money is just too spread out, um, you know. The majority, ninety percent of the market, isn't buying from six people anymore. Yeah, you, know, right. you know, everybody's buying from a couple hundred. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, on the therapeutic part, yeah, it's just cool being able to just turn something and seeing what comes out yeah. of that. Like you can't see the inside of what you're of what That's you're right. turning. Shape it out and do it, and whittle all that down, and you know what I'm saying. So it's just yeah. cool to something Absolutely. different each. You know, and, and when you guys started, and, and this is something, I guess, for, for anybody that's listening, that's wondering if they should, you know, get into the call making or, or if they want to even just try it. But I, I'm guessing that there were a lot of mistakes made in the beginning, right? Like trying to figure out your sound and, and to make sure that it, uh, because now yeah. you, you hear people saying that's a good looking call. Like you, you got to be different now. You can't have the same barrel shape. Um, you got to yeah. do something different, right? So for anybody that's new, that's thinking about starting this, like you can't quit off the first blank that you break. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it took us uh, as far as sound, like for a duck call. I mean, it took us um, probably a year and a half. And honestly, we're still changing stuff. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Five years, still changing stuff, but. It was started on like a public jig, mm -hmm. which gets close. Um, and we didn't buy our we didn't buy our custom jig um for like another year and a half later. Yep. You know, even from that jig, it's close to what we got now, but we've modified it since then. You know, it's really just kind right? of 
changing thing to just keep getting better and doing better and producing something better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just takes a lot of time and energy and, um, learning a lot of learning and, um, yeah, man, it's just, you know, it definitely got a lot, put a lot of effort in at the beginning to, to get anywhere, but it's fun too at the same time. No, absolutely. And, and I've talked about, we've talked about it on the show a bunch of times and, and stuff and, and, you know, from the outside looking in, I think sometimes people can get um, like a false impression of how things go. Right. So, so for your, for yourself, right. So you got the photography and the duck call and people could look at your social media and say, man, he's living the life, right? Like he's, he's got it made because, because social media, we, we can use social media to, to portray that we can, we can make everything look the way we want it to look, how it's perceived. And, but yet you just touched on it like for your duck call a year and a half and you're still not a hundred percent where you where you want to be right and and i we've talked about this so much on this show with social media and this this perception that um everything's got to be perfect the first time out and that's and that's so untrue and and i know there's a bunch of people that get it and they understand it and they know that it's not going to happen overnight for them um but there's still some people that get frustrated when it doesn't happen overnight and i and that is where i think the social media sometimes sets uh false expectations that's the society now is right now instant you know i yeah if i come online i need it tomorrow uh i'm with video i'm on tiktok you know just i can't just watch a 10 minute video anymore yeah Uh, so yeah i mean definitely things have just changed a lot yeah no doubt um even matt seven years old buddy seven years old you started chasing this oh yeah passion of of ducks you know who who got was it your dad that got you into it yep my dad which he's part owner here too oh wicked my my dad um and zach which is longtime family friend and hunting partner Mm -hmm. Uh, we all just kind of do this together so so now that i'm i'm properly educated on where you're located within ohio um so you know refuges small water that sort of thing um and then big ag in your area Uh, in this area um but then it's a lot of there's no marshes nothing like that okay Uh, so it's if you're hunting water it's a pond or a lake but the lake literally the water stops and the land starts. There's no marsh. You know what right, I mean? Right. Uh, closest lake, public lakes that we hunt around here is Lake Larmy and up at Salina Lake when they have a refuge up there. Um, and there'll be quite a few, there'll be a couple thousand birds hanging out there during peak oh, wow. migration. Um, but, you know, they learn where they can and can't be shot. <laughs> of course, of course they do. And they got food there on the refuge as well. They got cornfields, so they don't really, yeah. You know, they also flooded corn on the refuge, so they don't really um, need to go anywhere. They do mm-hmm. get, in, get into them and under them sometimes, but um, they're pretty safe, really. Yeah, yeah. But mostly around here, we're hunting probably three quarters of the time, we're hunting a field. Um, okay. 
and then probably 15% of the time, probably hunting. Uh, well, yeah, the rest of the time we're either hunting public water or a creek, something okay. like that. And honestly, until birds get here, um, we're kind of just milling around hunting creeks, trying to shoot a couple birds. So um, until like feeds start building up, like I don't really want to hunt a feed until I get 200 birds in it. Yep. Uh, and my thought process on that is there's 200 birds, half of them either aren't going to like me or I'm going to screw them up. So I'm down mm-hmm. to a hundred yep. birds. Hopefully they come in like five groups of 20, right? Mm-hmm. So I get five different times to shoot. Maybe we can shoot a limit. So I just yep. don't really, if it's not 200, I just don't go hunt. I just kind of let it rest. Yeah. Um, but when we get birds, I mean, yeah, you'll see that, you know, we have plenty of fields that'll, that'll have a couple hundred, several hundred birds in it. Uh, but we just like to mill around on creeks and water, which is typically, you know, November through mid-December, we're doing that. Okay. We really don't have much migration action, like big numbers and birds wadding up and stuff till after Christmas, really. Yeah. Um, you talked about it at the beginning of the show saying that, you know, last year you didn't see the number of birds and, and migration, you know. I have a theory and this is just a theory of Damian Pittman. But my theory is that the last two years, especially because I'm really, I'm not really that far from you. I'm probably about, if I were to drive it, I could probably do it in under 10 hours, right? So yeah. really um, not that far. Yeah. Northeast of Ontario. Lake well, Ontario. Yeah. So I'm right on like, I'm 45 minutes from upstate New York. Yeah. So, so like I, the border is, you know, just right there. I can see this. I can see New York um, yeah. from here. My parents live in uh, Lee Center, which is just north of Rome. Okay. New York. So I've been through like Watertown and yeah. All so yeah. There. So Watertown. I think I'm about. I don't know. I'm probably about an hour, an hour away from Watertown. You know okay. what I mean? So I'm not that far. Yeah. Um. But so, so my theory is, is, is that first, I think uh, birds are moving further east from, from the west, right? Because we're seeing, we're seeing weird birds every year now that we normally never ever seen in this area. Plus, I think that the migration is starting much later in the year. And they're skipping us. I think our birds in the last two years have just flown right over. They haven't even stopped. They're just like, no, we're, we're just going to keep on cooking um, and heading south. And, and that is my theory on why we, because the same, the last two years, we haven't seen a big number of birds around here. Geese, geese and numbers are still here because they're, yeah. they're just here. It, right. They are, they are blowing up. Like the population <laughs> of geese is, is blowing up, but ducks, we're not seeing them. So, yeah, I, I could go a long ways on this one. I Let's went up it. to Winus Point Hunt Club last year uh, in October and photographed for Delta Waterfowl University Hunt yep. for high school university. And they were doing a study on um, the, so like you have your West Coast mallards that are wild, yep. your East not basically. And especially around the Great Lakes, they are interbreeding too much with 
domesticated birds and they're losing their instincts to migrate and they're they're inefficient eaters so they were doing studies on and so they were measuring their legs um because like a domesticated mallard walks more they have bigger legs bigger and they're bigger bird yeah weighing them they're measuring their bills how far they go up on their head kind of like a goose will weigh up a a wild mallard will just kind of stop okay but they're getting a real long bill and a short bill um so they say they're becoming inefficient eaters and they're trying to migrate when they finally figure out oh it's too cold i need to migrate i'm gonna die it's too late um so they either just stay or die basically and they great and then they don't have um the ability to eat as much food efficiently to sustain the energy and stuff to migrate and survive the winter and all that um i don't know how much that plays a role in this whole thing but like i thought that was pretty interesting that is really interesting they're all doing master's programs and these are these their thesis studies and things like that on these on this stuff i learned a lot (laughs) that trip no that's awesome because i've never heard like i've never Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but so, so here, like in this part, so we'll get, we'll get a couple pushes of, of black ducks that'll, that'll come through. Right. Mm. And there, there's a theory around here that there's no such thing as a black duck in, in Ontario because they've all been, they're all half mallards, right? There's, there's no true black ducks around here. Mm. So, so I knew about the mallard population interbreeding and I, I did hear somewhere that um there is you know um domesticated and wild birds that are that are you know uh populating or or producing more birds and stuff but i didn't realize that it was to the extent that you know delta waterfowl now as as is studying it and you know what i bet you do have like if if they're losing their instinct to migrate Right. Then, then why would, because they're only like, all they want to do is eat. That's it. Walk around and eat. They don't know anything else. (laughs) Yeah. That's so if there's a constant food supply around for them, why would they need to need to leave now up here? Um, and same with you, like it can get bitter cold, um, in the winter time. So yeah, yeah, that could be it. That that's a huge, I think that's a huge problem, dude. These bird farms on the East coast. So you don't have this on the West side of, yeah. So like these bird farms of these tamed mallards, farm ducks that, you know, the CEO of whatever big company goes and just spends, you know, several thousand dollars and just goes sit in a blind and they release the ducks. Yep. And I've heard stories of them, them guide them outfitters, whatever you want to call them, then getting in their boats and then stirring them up on the pond because they all just went and sat in the middle of the pond. Yep. And then. You know what I mean? But then eventually all these birds just fly off into the wild. And right now, from what, from my understanding and what I've learned, um, is there's really an unknown number of how much of this is going on. So they really just, but there are dozens and dozens of these places. So, but they don't know how much, how, what the number is on, uh, domesticated birds being released each year, uh, into the wild, basically. Wow. Um, so, you know, they wanted to call, you know, call these places and be like, Hey, how, how many birds are you releasing? How many? Yeah. And I don't really, 
regulations on it, how, how they, tra- how they have to track that for like the state DNR or the feds or however that works. I'm right. I would something of like, Hey, we released 2000 mallards this year, over the course yep. of two months, you know, I don't know. I don't know how yep. that works. Um, yeah, they, they want to start like getting a hold of these places and asking them, but eventually they're just going to stop answering the phone once they figure out what's going on. Cause they're going to shut down their business essentially Absolutely. too. So there's well, that as well. And, and, so when you're talking these these tame these tame mallards like with this avian flu threat that's in north america right now like i i would suspect that you know the uh on both sides of the border can't because i know in canada they shut down uh i don't know how uh, familiar you are with uh our side of of lake erie but we have long point which is yep. you know, one, yeah so they've had, you know, every year they have feed stations there. Um, but last year there was no okay. feeds, there was no feed stations at Long Point, right? Because of the avian flu and they and they're trying to not have birds congregate together and all yep. that stuff. So when you're talking about these these tame ducks, like I would assume just like you, that the government would want to know, listen, how many birds are you holding? Because it could it could right. decimate the the poultry industry in in the U.S. and in Canada if this yeah, isn't regulated, right? Yeah, I don't really know the I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm just right. literally saying what. <laughs> you know, yeah, to, I hear you. I hear you. I I'm the same way. Yeah, I very I like, well could be reporting all this stuff. I don't know how that works, but right. Um. Yeah, just going off of what you know. I would Yeah. People at Delta and stuff like that when I was up there. <laughs> well, I know my dog spends some time. Um, I won't say which state, but um, my dog spends some time down south uh, each winter uh, doing some training. And they do tower shoots down there. So she'll yeah. get it. So she's training, you know, Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, if there's a tower shoot, well, she'll get invited to come and, and retrieve birds for, for and um, I've been told, yeah, it's exactly it. The release from the tower, bang, bang, mm-hmm. bang, 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 dead bird. But then the birds that didn't get shot, like they're just, they're just walking around. And yeah. and uh, a friend of mine sent pictures of of my dog. Like she's just sitting there, and there's yeah. there's just literally mallards just walking all around her. Yeah. And then you know someone will go scoot them all up, and then they'll shoot them again, and <laughs> it it it's wild. So yeah. Um, and that's just one one spot, right? So you, you safe to assume this happens, um, especially with these duck clubs, right? Like that, it, it's oh, yeah. happening a lot. So I would think that the feds are uh, are probably monitoring this. I I would think so. Then the I want to go back to the migration thing. Like yeah, I feel west of the Mississippi, you see mallards with really not a lot of weather move all the way to Oklahoma. Yeah. For- is you know um say on the east coast i feel like it's hard to get them to the carolinas now yeah you know or even even to us sometimes you know what i mean yeah so i just feel like it's like we're here oklahoma's here (laughs) yeah the west coast birds are you know and central flyway birds are moving yeah ours just kind of hanging out yeah i don't don't know that's just my own study (laughs) yeah no but but, you know well, the important thing is, is that, um, and, and you know it as well as I do, even talking to those, 
to those people that are doing their master's degree, like, um, all those educate, like they'll still come to a hunter and ask, okay, what are you seeing? Because we're the ones that are out there every day. And we, we notice right. the patterns more so than anybody, right? we we give them the, the little, Hey, listen, something's, something's wonky, something's weird going on. And then that's when they get going, Oh, I wonder what's causing this. And they get their creative juices sure. and knowledge and stuff going. So yeah, it, it, it's good points because it's what you notice and it's what you notice for your geographical area. What you're saying may not fit everywhere else in, in the state, even in the state of Ohio. Um, but it's what's happening in your area. And the same with me, when I say, this is my theory on, on birds skipping us, that's exactly. And I'm sure there's people listening that's in Ontario right now are saying Damien's right out of it. Um, he has no idea what he's talking about, but again, it's, it's just what I think. And I really don't yeah. care if you don't agree with it. Right. <laughs> like really, I, I, I yeah. don't it's just, that's just my, my thoughts really is, is all it is. But for sure. Um, so now, so going back to, so we're still let's still stay on this topic of of the birds and and you know maybe you're seeing a different um different number of birds and maybe migration has changed and stuff like that but in your experience now traveling around and hunting especially in your area you know are you hearing fellas like even you and zach but even some of your friends that you meet on the road and when you're out scouting, like, are you hearing anybody having to change their, their approach and, and how they're getting them? Like, I know you say like, you won't even go in unless there's 200 birds in the field, but like, are, are you hearing other fellows saying things like, listen, I, I, unless it's this now, I'm not even, I'm not even going in. Um, not really. Um, I had a thought here and I'm losing it. Um, not really just you know with like my time now i got two kids under two now so oh, oh you're busy so i'm doing calls like november november through january it's just hunting just thrown on you yeah which is my job it's it's um <laughs> my hobby it's everything so it's just yeah. like going on at once to where if i'm gonna leave the house and um be gone for half a day then you know it's always worth it mm -hmm. um but i'd rather let a field with 100 birds build up to 200 you know versus going in there and blowing it out and maybe you know shooting a handful i don't know you know what i mean yeah um, yeah i hear you for like my time and stuff like that because i can't hunt every day yeah so I, it i don't want to say worth it because it's always worth it like you get to go out get out of the house and do this and that, you know, but I'm not, I'm not just going to blindlessly go out and set up decoys and lay out there all day. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try to hunt a feed if I can, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going to out and try to hunt a feed if I can and stuff like that. Um, just kind of like Kyle talked about the intensity of not necessarily like the intensity of like doing it right. And we're out here for a reason versus just, Blasting. Oh, I could have scouted more, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, four hours and wasted you know two days doing this like thanks yeah you know what i mean like yeah i get it we, we all appreciate it and stuff like that but it's just hard you know when you got kids and wife and stuff like that to just leave and be gone for a day or two or what a week or whatever it is you know 
Yeah, no, and and that's a that's a reality that again, um, social media sometimes doesn't allow us to portray the fact that hey, listen, I'm not doing, I'm not out chasing every single day. I can't right. because because I have other responsibilities. But when I'm, <laughs> yeah, but when I'm out, I make the I make the most out of it, right? right? So that intensity, like you brought up, that Kyle Jones brought up on the last episode, like listen, um. And and you and Kyle and all these guys that are that are within the industry, um, yeah, it's your job. Everything surrounding waterfowl is your job, and your time is precious. You you've got young families, you've got responsibilities, all that stuff. So when you go out, some people could call it an intensity, and some people could say, well, he's a bit of a hard ass way he wants to hunt and stuff like that. But right. when it but comes out. But when it comes down to it, you've only got X number of hours within a week to, to do some hunting. So if you're going to go, you're going to go and you're going to do it right. Right. To make sure that you have the most success that you can, because you can't just go out whenever it is that you want. I like, you know, I've been doing this since I was seven. Yeah. I'm killing a bird and doing all that. But, you know, my goal every time I go out is to shoot a limit. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to go out like. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out with my buddies, this and that, but, like, I want to go shoot a limit if we can. Of course. But the way you get to that limit, I think, is a lot and is, is everything. Like, you know, goose meat is not that great tasting. No. Nope. Bird- fun. So if I'm going to – I'm not going to go sky bust a goose at 50, 60 yards. Like, I want them feet down inside of 20 if I can. As close Absolutely. as – I'm pulling the trigger, and that just – that's everything to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I don't know. That's just the game within the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, um, it's not just, I don't want to go out and shoot birds at 50 yards all day. You know, I don't like to eat geese that much to do that. Yeah. Uh, I love waterfowl and hunting them and stuff like that, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if anybody, I mean, goose just ain't that great. You know, no, I, don't, I agree with you. Like when I go out, like, I want to, I want them at 20 feet down landing. Yeah. If I the land, um, do it that way. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. I don't know. It's just like a level up in the game. Cause I feel like I'm, you know, you, as you go along, you check the boxes, check the boxes. And you know, now you're at the point of like, can I call them in? Can I do yeah. this? Can I get them at 10 yards? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, um, I get you, buddy. Just a whole nother level of the, of the competition. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause it, competitive thing and um just another you know i don't know it's just yeah that's I what get, is to see how far i can push that envelope um yeah and and that's and that's i think um if you remember kyle talking about it right and and we've and ryan uh another buddy that's been on the show he said it like this maturation of a of a waterfowl hunter right because listen you and I are not here to tell anybody that what they're doing or how they're doing their hunting is wrong because that's not my goal. I'll, I'll never tell you that what you're doing is wrong. If, if you're out and you're having fun, go for it. Um, it's a matter of what's fun for you now. Like, ab- absolutely. Anything in life, like things yeah, change, ab- things become fun. You lose interest in other things or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? Um, 30 years ago, 
30 years ago, if I got out and I got the, at 50 yards, I seen a teal screaming by, I was taking a shot at it. Um, you know, now today, yeah, I'm not doing that unless, unless I know for sure I'm going to get that bird. Yep. I'm, I'm probably not even put, and there's a number of times when people I'm hunting with people and they're like, you didn't even, you didn't even shoulder your gun. I was like, man, I, there's no way I'm making that shot. Like I'm not, I don't even need to shoulder my gun to know that I'm not, that I'm not going to make that shot. So, you know, so again, you and I aren't here to say what we do is the best way of doing it. It's just, that's what works for us. And that's what, you know, uh, makes us happy and all that stuff. So get, as long as you're going out, as long as you're getting out and you're doing it and, and you're having fun, then go. Yeah. As, and as long as you're ethical and you're staying within the rules, but you know what right. I mean? I, I totally get you, buddy. Like I, I do. Um, I, I'm going to switch this. And, and for people that know me know that this must be a, a big deal for me to even admit this, but I'm going to switch this year and start focusing on geese. And I've never done that before yeah. in my life because I've always been just a duck guy. Like hunting yep. green heads is, is the most magical right. fun thing I've ever done in my life, uh -huh. Yeah, but I'm not getting the numbers anymore. So we don't get our big put, like we don't see, our, our numbers of mallards until Christmas time, like second week of December, yep. uh, yeah. into, into, you know, the first week of January, that's, that's it. And then the first week of the second week of January, we're done, right? Our season's over. So, um, I've got three months of really no action when it comes to ducks around here. So I'm going to have to switch to geese and, um, for, my friends and family that are listening if this switch is successful you could expect goose pepperettes for christmas because yeah. uh i'm hoping that i got lots of it right yeah yeah for sure like around here we usually can shoot plenty of geese so we're more like if we can shoot ducks like let's go shoot some ducks yeah yeah, yeah. and and we're the same way like there, there's there's hundred like we we our population of geese is very very healthy. Actually, I think it may even be teetering on the point of becoming a nuisance animal around here, um, or a nuisance bird, not an animal. Um, we got we got plenty of locals, but you know, I mean, the geese still migrate here, but it's just last year was not a lot. Right. Yeah, we did shoot a band from. We shoot it from none of but. Where's that oh, band yeah. from? I think it was none of but. So yeah, really? Here, yeah. Somewhere in Ontario. If we shoot a band here, it's from an hour north at yep. the refuge Carolina, or it's from none of it. Oh, really? Yeah, Basically. James Bay. Yeah, or, they did James up in the James Bay area. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, usually where they're. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do a bunch up there. I tell you, the best one I seen was um, Jeff Coates from Maryland. Um, yeah. he was, he was hunting Prince Edward Island up here last fall. They mm -hmm. shot one, they shot a goose banded in Copenhagen, which is insane, oh, yeah. insane to think that that bird came all the way across the Atlantic, uh, all the way from, from Germany, like, like up crazy. and then back. Yeah. Or, yeah. I have to go down. I imagine not all the way across, but yeah, I don't, I'm not a bird, but I've also seen those GPS packs where they're. I, yeah, I seen one of a teal start in North Dakota, um, fly through the tip of Florida, Jamaica, and end up in South. Wow. I've seen that. So I don't know. They cover some water, I guess, too. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's for sure. 
Um, Matt, buddy, we're getting close to that hour mark. Um, sure. And I think uh, I think that's uh, a good episode. But again, like I keep saying, um, we could keep going uh, forever. And right. uh, so this just means you you guys got to come back on again sometime. Um, so we can uh, we can keep this chat going. And and one yeah. of these days, one of these days, and I keep saying it, I'm going to hit Ohio and I'm going to yep. do some hunting down there. And uh, I'd love to I'd love to actually meet up with you and, and do a hunt, buddy, and and yep. uh, show off just how poor a shot I am. All right. That's why <laughs> that's why camera now because i can't <laughs> maybe that's what i should do i should start taking photos and then right? I get the fellas off my back on i'm missing birds that's exactly. awesome um matt buddy thanks so much for taking the time out of your day especially this is we're doing this one normally we do them in the evenings but you're so busy and then you still manage to carve an hour out of your day to, to sit down and chat with me um i really appreciate it dude i really really do um, and I hope that you'll come back on again. So last word to you, man. Yep. I'll definitely be back on whenever you have me and, uh, yeah, I just appreciate you, you know, having me on here and could talk a little bit about myself and other stuff, you know, it's yeah. fun. Awesome. Um, and you don't need an invite, buddy. If you and, uh, if you and, uh, Zach and your dad, you ever have anything that you, that, yeah. if you think our platform can help you reach out, dude, yeah. and that will get you on for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Union 0430, episode 149. As always, we'll never pretend to be someone we're not, just a group of dudes that love hanging out and chatting about bird hunting. Don't be a douchebag to one another. Big love. Until next time.